This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Jimmy Odd, along with Bruce Marshall, every Tuesday here in the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Bruce kind of giving us a little bit of everything hockey, hoops, bases, and soccer, betting the board here on a Tuesday. Bruce, what, I have to ask you, though, I, this is, I thought this was right your wheelhouse away from uh, selections, but NFL is going to put a playoff game. On Peacock only, huh? I mean, they just cannot make enough money, can they? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I can see this down the road where there's there's more games just behind a paywall. Uh, they, I mean, the Peacock started doing that with some Notre Dame games last year, too. But the NFL, it's funny. I was looking back at some old things Mort Olsen from the Gold Sheet wrote decades ago. And uh, he was predicting, you know, at some point, well, this is even before, you know, you know, cable packages got going, but, uh, you know, pay-per-view and sort of what uh, is going on with the Peacock and NBC, he, he predicted that will eventually happen. And uh, so, yep, got a, something else to look forward to. Also a Black Friday game. I knew that was coming too. And uh, they can't just leave it for the, the all those Mac games on the Friday after Thanksgiving, you know, and, and occasional Iowa-Nebraska. How about the NFL getting involved too? Why, um, yeah, the, the Friday college schedule is kind of, it's 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 a little lukewarm. Yeah, uh, it, it could be better. Yeah, um, there used to be some good ones. I mean, uh, I remember going to Tiger Stadium. It was one number one versus number three sure. uh, in uh, LSU and Arkansas back in two thousand three uh, or two thousand seven. I forget. But um, the thing is, um, the thing is, uh, Bruce. Uh, twenty eleven actually was what that was. What I mean, what? How did it go for NBC? And why why can the NFL not balance the amount of games at 1 p.m. Eastern and 4:25 Eastern? Why does it have to be nine, three, ten, three? I mean, eleven, three, as we have uh, at least one spot this uh, this week in mean, this year coming up. Yeah, I've I've wondered about that too. Um, you know what they always uh, try to do, at least um, you know for, for the New York teams, they don't want them on at the same time. So they, they, they try to do that. That doesn't answer your question. Why don't they have more in the afternoon window? I don't know. Later window. I don't know why either. Uh, but because some of the – we saw well, some Please games, put days, one of the New York Sundays teams at 425. Year, I think there was one or two games. Sundays there's only two late afternoon spots and several times just three. Yes. So yeah. I agree with you. I wish they would. Um, and, I mean, there's lesser 
games, I guess, too, that start, you know, in the, in the Pacific time zone. So that might have something to do with it. But they can always start, kick off a game at 4, 10, 4, 15 in the East, too. I mean, that, that doesn't stop them. So I agree with you. I wish they would. I wish we'd have a little bit more selection later in the afternoon. Remember the days back when everybody uh, kicked off at exactly 1 p.m. their local time? Yeah. So places like New Orleans, Minnesota, yeah. Chicago kicked off at 1 central time. You know, um, and it would be an hour later than uh, than uh, than what it is uh, now. So used to be more, a little bit more staggered uh, than it was. When did they switch that, Bruce? Oh, I'd say within the last uh, twelve to fifteen years, we see all these. You know, the you know the uh, four ten and four twenty kickoffs in the east. Hey, I'm, I I can remember. I mean, it was it was one p.m. usually, no matter what time zone you were in. So those games in Central would kick off one p.m. Central, that'd be 11 a.m. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm asking. When, yeah. How long has that been? That's been 40 years. That's huh? That's been probably since the 70s or 80s, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it, well, if we have to go back to the bubble era, the pandemic era, uh, well, let's, I guess I can, we, can, we can deal with this. The four teams that were in the conference finals are back. It's a it's a bubble uh, reunion as Denver in L.A. and Boston and Miami uh, in the East. So Denver six to twenty two twenty two and a half dollar fifty two in the series over L.A. tonight. Yeah, and one more note about the uh, bubbles: uh, Dallas and Vegas in the NHL, one of the semifinals. That was another bubble semi. Uh, in 2020 up in uh, Edmonton. So there we go. We're, we're reliving all the bubbles and uh, this Denver, um, this Denver Lakers matchup there, AD and LeBron are the only two Lakers left from 2020. This has been a pretty dramatic turnaround by the Lakers. And a lot of people want to credit Rob Palenka, who I used to criticize a lot, but he did make some good deals bringing, you know, D'Angelo Russell back and Vanderbilt and some of those guys at the deadline. Though I think the real key for the Lakers has been keeping AD healthy sure. and LeBron to a certain extent. But AD was really the X factor because they haven't been able to keep him healthy since they won in the bubble a couple of years ago. And I actually think the bubble in 2020 helped AD because he didn't have games for three months beforehand to get hurt. So, I mean, he was rather fresh. Uh, but they have kept him in one piece. And I think that's everything to the Lakers. And you can sell, you can tell even in some of the games they've lost he's been up and down and that's something they're going to have to try to smooth out in this series I think Denver's a tough tougher matchup though than what they've had Memphis not mature enough in some of the problems there and I just I think Golden State was sort of running on empty I think when you look at what these teams did in the regular season Jimmy uh it's home court uh, the home sides won all four meetings all by double digit margins covered all the games Denver won by 13 at home, laying 12 and a half or 13, so depending what you got. But anyway, it was all double-digit wins in a very big home court uh, uh, regular season. And that's what's happened in the playoffs with these two, home court all the way. Lakers have not lost at home. Denver has not lost at uh, what they now call Ball Arena. used to be the Pepsi Center. Uh, The Joker, obviously, you'd think Davis might not be a bad matchup on the Joker, but... You know, Denver's a little bit different team than it was the last couple of years, too. Um, Jamal Murray is is healthy again now. Uh, KCP, XL Laker, is in there now delivering. Uh, Bruce Brown, and then you've got Gordon and Porter. I mean, they, they, they come at you a little bit more than uh, Golden State, this version of Golden State, or the late season version of Memphis. So I, I believe that the Lakers have to win one of these first two games 
in Denver. If they don't, they're not going to win the series. I think that suggests then home court's going to going to hold up in this series, and Denver's got the home advantage. Um, and uh, the Lakers are only two and four uh, straight up on the road in the playoffs. They have not played that great uh, consistently away from home. So I think Denver's probably the side here. Also note uh, in game one. Also note the last three meetings in the regular season between these two all went uh, over, all cleared uh, pretty handily on the overside. So you're looking at the low 220s here. I could maybe see a light vote on the over. But I would stick with the home thing here. Let's see if until the home thing doesn't work with these two. That's been the pattern in the regular season, the pattern in the playoffs for both these two. And Denver did come in looking really good those last two games against Phoenix, albeit a little bit depleted on the sun side. Uh, Denver at home, I think that's the way we'll look to start this thing off. All right, uh, Nuggets uh, in game one tonight. Tomorrow night to have Boston and Miami. Boston at Bet Rivers right now is an eight and a half point favorite. Two ten and a half uh, is the total. Uh, after the players' request, they do go back to their more defensive oriented starting five with Robert Williams in there. And boy, it did prove a lot um, a lot of improvement. Uh, the point production went down considerably for the Philadelphia 76ers in game six and seven after scoring easily in triple digits in games four and five. So do they have everything fixed now? Tatum up and down. Boy, he woke up just in time uh, in that uh, in that uh, elimination game six to uh, hit the four straight threes to get them uh, to get them out of Philadelphia uh, in that elimination game. Miami, you would think, has an advantage on the bench. This is where they – you want to talk about the bubble? I thought the bench was pretty big, even with the much more respected coach uh, back then. Uh, Miami, the Heat, uh, again, catching eight and a half, two ten and a half uh, is the uh, is the total in this game one. Yeah, and you know, Tyler Hero is uh, getting a, a, a close to a return here now. So, I mean, the Miami might get, get uh, him as well. Back to Boston for a second. I thought that was a really good move by Joe Missoula. We put Williams and Horford to get two bigs in the lineup there. That seemed to work against Philadelphia, really closed down the middle more. I thought it unnerved Harden. A lot too, because even if he could shake guys on the perimeter, which he wasn't always able to do, there was usually a blockade in the middle there. And uh, the Boston's uh, plus minus with Williams and Horford on the floor was very, very good. It worked against uh, Philly. Um, but if you look at Boston, though, the, I mean, the pattern and the sequence of the uh, the last round against Philly went very similar to last year in the se- in the East semis against the Bucks, especially towards the end of the series. And they lost Game Five at home, had to go into Milwaukee, win Game Six, did so with a big effort by Tatum, and then came and blew them out at home in Game Seven. That's exactly what happened in this last series against uh, Philadelphia. But Boston has had a tendency to make things a little bit harder for itself. And their home marks, even though it was great on Sunday, and Tatum went for 51. Um, they're still only, I think, 11 and 10 straight up their last 21 at home in the, the postseason here. So, And Miami, you know, won up here last year. And this is a rematch. They took this thing to seven. Same thing. They had to win game six up in Boston, and they did, and they took it back home and almost won game seven. Um, as long as, as Jimmy Butler, and he's had a few extra days, that little tweak of his ankle, I mean, he was well enough, and he'll be even closer to 100% for this series and that bench performing. I think Miami's going to hang around in game one here. They, they've, they've been pretty good on the road in the postseason here, and I think, you know, just Boston's character, I know they have those big games in them, but I'm not trusting them laying this many points, and there's a lot of cushion in there for Boston to win and not cover. So I think... Uh, Maybe Miami 
in uh, game one, and I might be leaning to the under a little bit because I do think Missoula did find something uh, defensively with those two bigs when they're on the floor. Well, also against Embiid, uh, Boston was able to just single him and defend him pretty well. With and I'm kind of amazed how Horford was able to, you know, to really make it that difficult without any help. Uh, so when you don't have any help, you got Williams hanging around the rim, waiting to help and waiting to sort of, uh, you know, uh, defend the rim. Uh, yeah, those those shots, uh, the, those shots are not as clean from the uh, outside as you saw, and Harden was uh, very much uh, frustrated. So kind of wondering just why it took so long but there we go so we'll see the more rested heat of uh, plus eight and a half against boston in game one tomorrow night nhl they kind of take some time off bruce this will be later in the week but uh carolina in the series is a dollar 24 favorite slight favorite over the florida panthers friday night they get going in vegas you going to Fortress, Brucey? A dollar thirty-two series favorite in that one. Game one, Carolina one thirty-four and six. Yeah. Uh, one more note about the Celtics. I like Derek White coming off the bench more. I think yeah, that's a that's a good good uh, outcome there for Joe Mazzulla too. So anyway, one more thought on that Boston series. Hockey here, yeah, that's right. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of days off here. I, you know, I, I wonder if if we're due. This has been a great playoff. The one thing we've been missing thus far is one of those double or triple overtime games that we usually get. We haven't had one of those yet. I bet we get at least one of those in this round in either of these uh, series. We also haven't had a real goalie series yet. We've had some decent uh, games by uh, goalies. Maybe maybe we're going to get it here with Florida and uh, in, in, in Carolina. Though I do think right now uh, that Sergei Bobrovsky on the Florida side, if there's one goalie, left in this tournament who I think can steal games. I, I guess you could say Ottinger could do the same thing and maybe maybe Anderson too, but it's Bobrovsky now. He was, he's gotten better as the playoffs have gone along and uh, very, very good against uh, Toronto in the last round. And, uh, you know, they went up there and, and won. And, and listen, Florida's won six uh, straight games on the road in the playoffs, including uh, three of them in overtime. I mean, they've got some mojo going right now. Paul Maurice is pushing the right buttons. Matthew Kachuk and his line uh, are, are, are on fire right now. Verhage scoring goals. This team is on a an eight seed is on a mission right now. And I know Carolina has overcome some of these injuries to Svechnikov and Pasharetti and their that should have limited their firepower some, but they looked really good in the last round. But the Devils had a real issue in goal. Obviously, uh, Schmidt and Vanacek were not able to step up. I don't think that's the case with Florida with Bobrovsky. So, uh, for series price, I think Florida is very live, and I think Florida is very live in game one, too, especially since they play so well on the road. And this team, like I said, is on a – they're on some sort of a mission right now, and I just – I think there's something very compelling about what Paul Maurice is doing Talk about pushing the right buttons. That's what he's doing with the Panthers. All right. Uh, so Florida, and uh, you know, and and not just uh, six in a row on the road, but uh, at that time, uh, both were the uh, both were the favorites to win the whole thing. And so, I mean, in in Boston and Toronto. Uh, so, man, I, I'm telling you, unbelievable. I had to scramble just to get into the postseason and wreck and shop, to say the least. Friday night uh, in Vegas, the Golden Knights, 136, five and a half over the Stars, who pulled it out 2-1 to one on Monday night. 
Yeah, uh, Jake Ottinger, who had been pulled a couple of times in the postseason here, and that had been pretty odd on the Dallas side. Uh, you know, he came up very big and in Game 7 last night for the Stars. And uh, even though it got a little hairy right at the end there, Seattle made a little push in the last few seconds. Uh, Dallas won in advances. By the way, Pete DeBoer, the head coach, he's what you call the anti-Doc Rivers of Game 7s. Uh, he is unbeaten in Game 7 in his career, including a couple with the, with the, the Golden Knights when he was there. So this is another interesting angle. DeBoer used to coach the Golden Knights, and um, he was uh, he was pushed out, and um, he gets a chance at revenge against them. Bruce Cassidy, of course, has stepped in very well on the night side. I think, you know, what, what one thing that's really impressed me with Vegas, a lot of resilience this year, though. I mean, they have gone through goalie after goalie with injuries and each guy seems to have stepped up pretty well uh you know brassois earlier in the playoffs then he was hurt and he started the season in the minors they had picked up jonathan quick from the kings logan thompson had been playing you know he was sort of thrust into the starting role right at the start of the season performed very well before he got hurt and before that robin leonard of course had his injury keeping him out for the season now though aiden hill you know the fourth fifth goalie has stepped up and done very well for vegas uh, but I'm not sure he's going to – I would rather think Ottinger is a guy I would rather go with. He has stepped up, you know, last year as a rookie. He really – that's when he really made his uh, uh, splash against Calgary in that first round last year, and he was mostly pretty good in, in the playoffs thus far this season. Some veterans on that uh, Dallas side that have been there, they won in the bubble uh, three years ago against uh, Vegas. Jamie Benn certainly was a part of that. Uh, Joe Pavelski. Uh, has had a big postseason as well, Tyler Sagan. So they've, they've got some experience there, and they're pretty rugged. I think Dallas is going to win this series, and I, and much like the other um, uh, semifinal on the East, uh, I would look uh, Dallas, uh, look the road team in game one, and road team in the series. Anti-Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers uh, being fired uh, this morning by the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So, yep, it's uh, – Doc get, uh, getting run, so it's the NBA, boy. They they fire everybody. You, you got to make it all the way here. It's a, this just in, it's a player's league. They can't uh, fire it, the players. Carolina, the third straight Stanley Cup favorite that the Florida Panthers will facing there, a plus 200, the favorite right now at Bet Rivers to win the whole thing as we start this semifinal round. Major League Baseball and the Washington Nationals, we talked about them last week, how they become better. Uh, they're, they're cashing some tickets. Won two out of three from the Mets. Uh, won some games uh, out in San Francisco. And Josiah Gray. Now, Gray got a little sloppy with his control uh, where he was staked a big lead, but still settled down. ERA is under three. Goes down to Miami to take on Lazardo in the Marlins there. Coming back $1.33 has caught your attention, Bruce. Yeah, that's a good price for the Nats. And you laid out some of the numbers there, Jimmy. They are playing much uh, better. They're offering some really good value because they're getting a plus prices in, in, in these games, too. Uh, Gray has been one of several of these pitchers who all of a sudden have elevated their game. And we saw Corbin the other day. It was a train wreck last year. He's even pitching better. But Gray, you know, in his last seven starts, he hasn't allowed more than three runs in any of those. In fact, in six of those, he hasn't allowed more than two. You mentioned that ERA sitting under three. Um, so, you know, he's he's part of this. And again, he's one of the dividends of the Dodger big Dodger trades, you know, of uh, two summers ago with the Trey Turner and Scherzer. And uh, so a couple pieces now are starting to deliver for Washington from that deal. Gray won, uh, Ruiz as well. 
Miami does not score a lot of runs. This offense the borders on anemic sometimes. Lizardo hasn't pitched all that bad. But I, I, a plus price like this, the way the Nats are playing and the way Gray has been pitching, the bullpen hasn't been all that bad. They're providing some really good value. So I think Washington is a nice underdog look tonight uh, down in Miami against the Marlins. All right. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of... Um... Was it uh, Brian Blessing who would come on? And I know you uh, you introduced me to him, actually, Bruce. Um, God rest his soul. One of the more respected handicappers. Talk about hockey, too. The Buffalo uh, native. But he talked about how any sport, especially NHL, he liked teams who were coming home after a long road trip and said that they after a road trip, they just take care. And, you know, the wife's got them doing the stuff that this is doing. You know, they're doing taking care of the kid, whatever. They're catching up on their home duties, and, well, they have a bounce. Texas came home after a West Coast road trip. How'd that work out last night uh, in Arlington? 14-zip, two touchdowns early for the Braves, and they sit on the ball after that. Uh, Now they look to bounce back. Dunning has been a surprise. Keep in mind, Texas has this lead, has built this lead uh, with mostly without Jacob deGrom, one of the best hitting teams uh, in all of baseball, to say the least. Garcia and the young, rookie young, uh, right in the heart of that uh, order. They are very, very good. We know about they picked up, you know, Simeon and Seager last year. Uh, but Dunning, 3-0 with a 1.72 ERA, plus 107 has caught your attention against the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Schuster, he saw started two games. He has struggled against both San Diego and Washington. Yeah, I mean, they just called Schuster back from Gwinnett uh, in AAA. They had sent him down. It's kind of neat. The Braves minor league team just plays a few miles away, so it's easy for them. But Schuster had looked really bad, and uh, they sent him down, and they've, they've had to bring him back up for tonight. And this sort of looks like, you know, what Texas had to do last night, Jimmy. That was sort of a perfect storm. You caught Atlanta a little bit mad. They had, had a rough weekend up in uh, Toronto. Uh, Cody Bradford gets his first start for uh, Texas last night, and it did not go that well. His MLB debut is a night to forget for him. But Texas had been playing pretty well. I know it was Oakland over the weekend, but they're not in first place in the AL West for nothing, and Dunning's been one of the reasons. He's been exceptional, and you mentioned that ERA at 172, whip at 0.86. Uh, he has kept them in every game, and uh, and I think the, the Dunning-Schuster matchup and Schuster might not be in there that long tonight. It's going to probably be a bullpen game for Brian Snitker, but I would be surprised if he holds uh, hands off the lead. I like teams that bounce back after an embarrassing effort like last night, uh, uh, like Texas, especially when they're at home. And that offense, like you said, has been percolating pretty darn good. I like Texas in the bounce back here tonight. I like them with Dunning. I like going against Schuster. I like everything about Texas at this price tonight. So let's give the Rangers a roll in Arlington. Any of that poor performance and that long history that that Brian Blessing angle, maybe that they just don't want to do all these family deals and unconsciously they're kind of blowing these games. <laughs> it's it's that could be I it. Mean, hey, hey, all right, we're gonna do this. You know, you know, whoever it is, they better have. We're gonna do this again. I gotta concentrate on playing ball. So anyway, oh shoot! All right, Arizona in Oakland. Uh, I actually had Arizona on the run line last night. They got it done. Not liking my NL West a win at twenty nine to one because the Dodgers all of a sudden they are on fire, including it all started with that Sunday night game where they were down to their last out. Mookie Betts tied it up and they won it. 
Uh, and uh, instead of losing two out of three in Petco, they now won five of six against the San Diego Padres sweeping them. They just continue where they're pipped up. Had a late scare last night, blew a big lead, but still won in extra innings, 9-8 against the Twins. But here in the NL West, it's Arizona going to Oakland. Who's going to these games uh, in, uh, in that stadium? Here's the thing. 34 losses for the Oakland A's. 27 of them are by two or more runs. The run line. For instance, the Diamondbacks are at minus $1.59 tonight. On the run line, plus 102. 61 cents. It's even more when they are on the road. Um, that's 61 cents. 27 and 7 is adding up a ton. A ton. So, I mean, it's more like, you know, you you do the math, a four to one difference. So, that's what you're looking at on the road here is Arizona minus one and a half plus 102 right now at Bedroom. Yeah, run line for sure. And Oakland just keeps plumbing new depths. You know, they're several games behind the pace of the uh, 62 Mets. Now, I think there's enough soft spots in the yeah. league. They may be able to catch up. But, I mean, they're in about a 33-win pace right now. Not good. And you mentioned some of those uh, numbers. Uh, drilling a bit further. Uh, in this latest slump, after they won the first two in that series at Kansas City the previous weekend, they've lost eight of nine. Uh, the closest they've come in any of those losses, Jimmy, was last night. They lost five to two. In their last ten losses, all multi-run. And I know you said 27 to 34, and it's also yeah. now 10 straight. Yeah, 10 in a row. Yeah, 10 in a yeah. row of their losses. Uh, they did have a couple of wins in there, a few wins. But still, the losses. And, and you know, Muller on the line, he, he's one of those Oakland pitchers that just hasn't worked. His ERA is way up there. And, uh, you know, Tommy Henry the other way is starting to pitch a little bit better for Arizona. He's only allowed two runs in each of his last two starts against the Nats and Giants. Arizona, some timely hitting. They're the only team that's sort of uh, giving chase to the Dodgers in the West. And, you know, um, we talked about Arizona at the start of the season that they might be a team to watch here. And I certainly think, you know, with the expanded wildcard field, uh, Arizona might be able to stick in that race uh, the whole way here. I like a lot of the buttons they're pushing there. Henry's good enough. I do too. And, and it's just, you know, I hate to kick Oakland like this, uh, but uh, I, we've got to do it on the uh, run line. And uh, this is the sort of game, if I were up there, which I am, which I'm actually going up to this weekend, you know, that's the sort of game I'd go to because uh, I, I kind of like going to a game with nobody else there. That would be kind of neat, but uh, <laughs> especially if you have and, the run line. So that's what I do tonight with Arizona. And one little bright spot, a guy that I was backing was Mason Miller. Um, yeah. He is, you know – uh, fastball consistently in triple digits um, and tons of break on his breaking ball. Uh, the third round pick at a Gardner Webb, uh, you know, he's just got what four starts, but he, he hadn't pitched since May 7th. So I'm, uh, I'm not sure what's going on with him. If they reassigned him, if they tanking, I, I don't know, uh, whatever it is, but he was sort of the one bright spot. Keep in mind, remember he had that seven inning, no hitter against oh, Seattle yeah. uh, in pull and pulled him out. Uh, they actually lost that game. He left with a one nothing lead, uh, but they lost it 2-1. to one. But, um, no, some um, e- e- even that is concerned. And if you want to agitate, if your bookmaker manager, sportsbook manager is aggravating you, just bring up the Oakland A's. Uh, it's got to be a sore spot for them. There's nobody backing back them at, uh, at uh, you know, that, that record. 20, 34 losses already. Uh, Bruce, you also looking at a, a total Detroit and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh did not handle the American League East um, 
Those three, uh, those three, uh, the series, they lose eight of nine. They finally won one uh, on Sunday against uh, the the Baltimore Orioles. They lost two out of three at home to Colorado. They have given up the lead in the NL Central, but boy, here come the St. Louis Cardinals as well. But uh, Detroit and Pittsburgh, the total, now it's eight and a half, but at Bet Rivers, you can slide, go to the little sliding scale and hit your also options. And you only lay in 24 cents to buy that pivotal half a run up to nine. Well, you know, the Pittsburgh offense has been abysmal here in this slump. And the only two games they won uh, were brilliantly pitched games by uh, Mitch Keller, uh, who was just named player of the week. And and, and he's going to be on the all-star team. And, you know, he could be in the Cy Young race, too. He has been that good for Pittsburgh. Everything else has not worked well. They've lost all. The last 11 games that Keller has not started. And part of it is because this offense has been so anemic. In the last 13 games, of which they are 2-11 and 11 straight up, they've only scored 22 runs. Uh, and they were blanked on um, Saturday in Baltimore the day before they finally broke the latest slump with the Keller. So this offense, you just can't put it down for anything. And this is what we thought might happen. You know, after the O'Neill Cruz injury, and they kept afloat for a while there, but the offense has cratered. Michael Lorenzen has not pitched that badly for the Tigers. He's had a couple of very good starts. Now he's facing a struggling offense. Ortiz the other way uh, for uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, he's only had one 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 start. But just the way Pittsburgh's been going without scoring any runs, Lorenzen's been good enough. Uh, under with the Pirates, I mean, they, they, you just can't put them down for more than two, maybe three runs. And Lorenzen's been good enough to keep them in check. And if you can get a nine, eight and a half, I, I could still do it at eight and a half. But if you got the nine out there, minus 124, go under. I don't think that's a bad risk at all. And because I just, Pittsburgh under, they don't score. That's, you got one leg up on the uh, under recommendations with the Pirates these days. Basketball low numbers and also uh, with uh, obviously these low totals as well. I love to uh, buy to the uh, the half a point, buy it onto the whole number a lot to kind of avoid a, uh, a tough beat uh, by a half a run. Also, we mentioned the St. Louis Cardinals, I mean, white hot in the NL Central, have won seven of eight. Several of those have been dogs. They're basically even money last night. Back at home tonight against the Milwaukee Brewers. Loved it last night. The first place Brewers, last place St. Louis Cardinals. Ain't the way they play in. We, we, we wonder, we're always ready to put this organization, kind of bury them early in the year. This come, this uh, little comeback is starting a little bit sooner than maybe we thought. Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say by, by the All-Star break, I think they could be first in that division. I may move that up some. I mean, uh, who knows? By Memorial Day, they could be right there the way they're going right now. Seven of eight, but the big thing is the offense has really perked up. Uh, 18 runs last night, 27 the last uh, two. Uh, Nolan Arenado home runs in four straight. Everybody's hitting right now. And that should be a, uh, a welcome relief for Jordan Montgomery on the mound tonight, the ex-Yankee. Now, remember, um, he's the Cardinals have lost six straight games in which Montgomery has started. Three of those games, though, they didn't score at all. So he's been victim of a lack of run support. He wasn't too sharp in his last start, but before that he had pitched very, very, very well, just not getting a lot of run help. That doesn't look like it's going to be the, an issue right now, the way this team is swinging the bats. And uh, Wade Miley is going to really have to work hard to keep uh, Milwaukee in the game. Uh, I, right now I'm in the mood to just ride the Cardinals, ride the Redbirds here. 
Uh, do it on the run line. You get a, a better price here tonight with uh, Montgomery. And the way they're swinging the bats, they can score enough runs to handle that margin. So Montgomery on the run line, what I'm going to do, I am going with St. Louis until further notice. All right, uh, plus 114 at Bet Rivers on that run line uh, against the Milwaukee Brewers. Anything in soccer, Bruce? Well, here we go. Well, we got today into Milan. Now they get uh, the second leg against AC Milan in the local derby there against uh, AC. And the second leg of the Champions League, um, a 2-0 advantage for Inter Milan off the bat. They are the technical home team for this game. They both share the San Siro, um, but it's more tickets for Inter Milan uh, mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, Rafael Leao uh, out for Milan lately, and they've had a rough go. They lost on the weekend to Spezia, and they are now out of the top four in Serie A. It has gone wrong for them. They do get Leao back here, and he sort of keys their offense. They missed him badly last week, but they're in a 2 nothing hole. And the other way, look, Inter is hot right now, and they've got six straight wins just at the right time. Simone Inzaghi pushing all the right buttons. Lotaro, you might have remembered him from the World Cup of Argentina, is scoring the goals. Uh, this is quite a story about Inter. A lot of the problems they've had financially and everything this year and the way this squad was put together, they are one more step away from being in the Champions League final. They've got a 2-0 lead into the second leg. Uh, sometimes these things open up a lot more, but these teams know each other so well. I'm not sure they get over. I think we got a two and a half goal there. I might. It stayed under barely last week, and that was hard because it was two nil after like ten minutes, and it stayed two nil. So maybe a little under, and maybe inner two. I just think they're going so well right now, um, and they're not going to ease up against uh, their hated uh, enemy here. Uh, so a little bit to inner, a little bit to under in this one today. Uh, tomorrow it's Real Madrid against Manchester City. Second leg, you get a fat price for Real Madrid. Everybody in England seems to think this is it for Manchester City. They're finally going to get to the Champions League and final and win it. They did get there the final a couple of years ago and lost to Chelsea. But uh, I would not rule out Real Madrid. You get a price, you know, plus 400 at least. That's fluctuating a little bit, but that's a pretty big price. Uh, they've got something, uh, you know, they should have probably won that first, the first leg. And they, this is the sort of team that can go into Manchester, even though Manchester hasn't lost in a few years at home in Europe. I'm going to give Real Madrid a look. They've got, there's just that magic. 450? 450. Bruce, Manchester City hadn't lost in, in what, uh, uh, 48 games, huh? <laughs> yeah, go, Bruce. What is it exactly? Yeah, I know. Last, I know it was, they had that one nil lead in, uh, in the first game. I you know. tell you, you know, this is, they, they ain't beating Real Madrid here. They, or they did beat them uh, in the first leg last year, 4-3, at, um, um, in, uh, at the Etihad last year. But this is everything's on the line here. You know, Real Madrid's healthy again. Vinicius uh, and, and Benzema, and you know that that was a disputed goal that Man City had to level at the Bernabeu last yeah. week. Mark it down, Bruce. Um, you know the, the the apocalypse is happening. I'm challenging you on European soccer. Okay. Okay. Right. That's. I mean, this is this is not good. Not good at all. So uh, the Championship League. How about that Arsenal uh, dumpster fire? Huh. Yeah. Not good. I mean, it is. Yeah. When they when they wanted to collapse, they really wanted to do it in style. Yeah. Huh, Bruce. Yeah. They've gone up in flames here. They were ready for a championship parade about two months ago, and now it doesn't look like it. Scratch those plans. I mean, 
I mean, as as favorites too. I mean, it's 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 almost a new uh, Chelsea auto fade. Yeah, so we will see. It is. All right, we do it every Tuesday. Uh, Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet comes on and little hockey hoops, uh, <clears throat> bases and and soccer. We like to call it uh, as he bets the board for sprays it across, gives you a little bit of everything. It's every Tuesday right here on the Sports Better's Paradise for Bruce Marshall. I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.